You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. God intended that sexual pleasure is to only take place within the covenant of marriage with your husband, with your wife, okay? Not just married people, your husband. Got to make this real plain today. Your husband and your wife. Proverbs 5. Now, these are things, y'all, I teach in my marriage enrichment and at marriage conferences, but everybody need to hear because some of y'all ain't coming to that. And single people need to know God's perspective on these things. So Proverbs 5. Fifth chapter, verse 15 through 19. Uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to go right to the New, New Living Translation. It says, drink water from your own well. Now, this water he's talking about here, this is not talking about Dasani. This is not H2O. When he said drink water, he's talking about having sexual pleasure from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in the streets? having sex with just anyone. And this is for men and women. Okay? A lot of you, a lot of you men today, we, we get in this ethnic pride and talking about, you know, I'm a king. You know, I'm a king. I'm a queen. I'm royalty. Especially on days like this where you're wearing your African attire, you're a king, but, so you're a king, but you spill your sperm anywhere. Royal people are very conscious who they sleep with. Oh, y'all don't like me now. You got to get, you got to become rolled in your mind till you recognize that that's why the Bible says that a woman who knows her worth, she recognized my price is far above rubies. You can't buy this with a bag. You can't buy this with a trip to the Bahamas. Y'all don't like me here. My price is far above rubies. So he says, why well, spill your water in the, in the springs of uh, of your springs in the streets having sex with just anyone, you should reserve it for yourselves. It's talking within your marriage. Never share it with strangers. I think the King James says, let it be thine only and not another with thee. To make it real plain. See, that, so that addressed the whole issue of what somebody asked me. It's, it's been well over 10 years at our, at our marriage conference. When we do marriage conference, we allow people to write questions. And our, at our spirit filled, Tongue talking, praise and worship having, Christian marriage conference, somebody submitted the question, and it may have been one of y'all sitting right up here now. Somebody submitted the question, is it okay for us to have threesomes? The answer is heaven no. Look your neighbor and say, he said heaven, he said heaven. this man of God is it alright for us to have three because people so people say well as long as you agree today and you know because if anything you're touching agree <laughs> as long as we touching and agreeing no scripture says no 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 that'll be thine own not another with thee so th th three Christians don't do threesomes how about four four either So let your wife be a fountain of blessings for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. 
Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. How many of us in here are married and we got married in our 20s? Come on, put your hands up. Okay? The Bible said rejoice. So, so when, you know, your 20s today, that's considered young. That's considered your youth. I got married at, past month was 20 and I was 23. Now, one of the differences, we were really serving the Lord. Okay? We were really serving the Lord. Okay? We are going to live by the word. We both knew that. We were committed to that. Now, that's going to give you a great advantage. But if you just get married because, just because you love, I just, I just love you. I, I love you. I, come to, love ain't enough. That same person who said, let's say together, who repeated it after Al Green Risen recorded, she also asked another question. What's love got to do? Got to do? What's love? You can go on, you realize love ain't enough. You got to have some principles of the word of God. Told my children, I say, anybody you marry, they got to have a basis in the word. Because when time gets hard, if folks don't think about the word, you're going to resort to your own understanding and the flesh and God forbid culture. Co-parenting is not a goal. We're going we're gonna to be good. That's not a goal. That's a consolation prize. It's not a goal. Nobody, nobody goes for the Olympics saying, I hope I get the bronze. You're going for the gold, right? And God's best is a man and woman together having children, staying together, and bringing those children up, ideally, together. So he said, rejoice in the wife of, of your youth. Verse 19, she's a loving deer, a gracious doe. It says doe. <laughs> Let her breast, let her breast, let whose breast? Her breast. Y'all don't know it's in the word, did you? Let her breast satisfy you always, and may you always be captivated by her love. King James said, be, be enraptured with, with her beauty, ravaged with her beauty. Now, he said, the wife of your youth. So that tells me God intended, even if you got married when you were young, for you to grow old together. Are y'all hearing me? Me, me? me and my wife, we go around, we, 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 we call each other, as a term of dear, look, look, the wife of my youth, the husband of my youth. We've been together for, this year will be 30, 39 years. When I met her, she was 18. Got married when she was 20 and I'm, and, and I'm 23. But she's the wife of my youth, but we've grown older together. Don't call me old. We've grown older together. The Bible teaches that not only should sex in marriage be pleasurable. Look, Janae, he's about to go deeper into this thing. He's about to go deeper. The Bible says not only should sex be pleasurable, it should be pleasurable for both brothers. Your selfish self. It's supposed to be pleasurable for both. 1 Corinthians 7 chapter, that's in the word, that's in the Bible. It sure is. You know, I wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 2 through 5, New Living Translation. He said, but because there's so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, each woman should have her own husband. 
He said, if, if, if you're going to live a sexually pure life to, to please God, you need to have your own wife and you need to have your own husband. He, oh, Jesus. Uh, contrary to what you heard Wednesday night. The solution is not batteries. The solution is to have your husband and have a wife. Amen. Just want to make sure y'all don't lose revelation with the illustrations. All right? He says, each one should have his own wife, each one should have his own husband. Verse 3, the husband, I want you to see this, should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. And the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. King James says, do benevolence. In other words, you give each other what you need. In the Christian marriage, the sexual relationship is supposed to be mutually beneficial. That's why I said Holland screamed, you both should scream. It should be pleasurable for both. Watch this. Look, look at verse 4. The wife gives over her body to her husband, and the husband gives his authority over his body to his wife. It's my body. I do what I want to do with it. That ain't scriptural. Oh, y'all don't like me now. I know what your politics says, but when the marriage relationship, the husband's wife body belongs to the wife, the wife's body belongs to the husband. Know what that means? That means you do it when you don't feel like it. Don't walk out of here now. For both. I'm tired, but I get myself together. Take a nap early. You know this is going to be the night. Take a nap. Take some no-dos. Brothers, there's some stuff called mega men. Don't ask me how I know, but I know. <laughs> some stuff called mega men. Some stuff called, what, what, what's that? Um, 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 what was that? Some, some kind of steel. Seriously. No, no, these are herbs. I'm serious. This, these, are, these are herbs. You can just, just go at the, uh, what's the place called? GNC. Because, Lord Jesus. Y'all pray for her. Pastor Mark said you can go to Nancy, to Nancy Nook. Don't go to Nancy Nook. I'm talking about herbs, and she's talking about Nasty Nook. Y'all pray for her, Jesus. Keep reading. Look at verse 5. I want you to understand how this is supposed to be happening in a Christian marriage. Wives, husbands, usually more wives are more likely to do this. You don't use your body as a weapon against your husband. You don't use your body, you don't weaponize your body. Well, he didn't do this. Uh, he didn't give, give me nothing for Valentine's Day, huh? I ain't giving him nothing the day after. He better not come <laughs> touching my shoulder. Hit me on my back. Get in the bed and wrap yourself up in the 
in the sheets like you're a mummy. That should not be happening in the Christian marriage. Brothers, if she do that, roll her right on out. First Corinthians 7 and 5. Look what it says. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy. My, my, my wife, my wife she, she's, a, she's a prayer. And she will wake up like at midnight and tell, I'm going upstairs to pray. And then, and, and then she used to say stuff like, I'm going to pray. You all right? Like I'm supposed to, you know, now you make me feel convicted. Like I'm making her choose me or Jesus. <laughs> don't, don't deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree and refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more, more completely to prayer. He said, now if you agree that you're going to time of consecration and you're going to be abstaining from sex, doing what the single people are already doing, abstaining. Somebody, one of my pastors said he wanted to make sure that his daughter understood abstinence. He said, Bishop, you didn't mention abstinence. I, I, I didn't mention that by name. Abstinence means abstaining from sex until you're married. Okay? It means you don't get none or give none. Okay? That, that's, that's what ab, abs, abstinence is. And it's not necessarily an easy thing. It has to be a committed thing. So if you're going to be absent, you don't put yourself in certain situations. You know, we just go on Netflix and chill. What does that mean? You all know what that means? I'm just, I'm just gonna come over. It's two o'clock in the morning. Brother called you. I just wanna come over and talk. Now you know that's why we got a phone. So if you if you're going to do things God's way, you got to put yourself in a position or not put yourself in a position to not do things outside of God's way. Don't deprive each other of sexual relations except for, okay, look, afterwards you should come together again so that what? Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So the Bible acknowledges if you don't have self-control, you're going to be more likely to give in to the temptation. So you need self-control. And watch it. And you need self-control before you're married, and you need self-control after you're married. You need discipline before you're married, and you need discipline after you're married. Because the same devil will come after you. So after you're married, now you need discipline to only drink from your sisters. Now you need discipline to focus on your husband and your wife. Are y'all listening to me? You never can do without di discipline. You always need temperance in all things. So, sp so spouses are supposed to find comfort in one another. You don't use your body to weaponize. You satisfy each other. You do things when you want to and when you don't want to because you're married. That's what married people do. Marriage is about giving. I know the, the colloquial society, God is thinking, you know, people, you know, when I get married, my husband's going to do this for me. He's going to do this for me. He better do this. He better have this. And, you know, when I get married, you know, she's going to cook and she's going to do this. And so you go into marriage all with the wrong idea about taking. You don't go into marriage with the idea of taking. You go into marriage, what do I have to give? Am I at a place in my life that I'm sufficient to give to a woman? Do I have what it takes to give to a man? I want a man who makes six figures. I need want a man to know how to dress. I need a man who, okay, are you the kind of woman that man would want?
Y'all quiet up in this Lutheran church. I said, as yet Lutheran came out, my son's speaking at a Lutheran church, so that's why that just came out. Second reason. Second reason why God promotes is procreation. Everybody say procreation. Procreation is real simple. Fruitfulness and multiplication. So God's plan is to get married and then have children, ideally, to replenish the earth. Now, for those of you who get married earlier, I still want you to see this whole concept of, of, of procreation. In other words, producing something together that you could not produce apart. Creating something together that you could not create apart. Procreation. Genesis 1.28 says, be fruitful and be multiplied. And when marriages are physically fruitful, ultimately families are formed. And let me say it again. Marriage is the foundation for families. What's the foundation for families? Marriage is the foundation for families. Psalm 107 verse 41, it says that God sets the poor on high, far from affliction, and makes their families like a flock. That's my testimony. God took a poor family from Jersey City, New Jersey. From the projects, I told y'all one time, I was, I was, I was you, know, you know, if I'm, if I'm right here, the pulpit that was right here, and Bishop Bailey would be sitting right here. And I was preaching one time, I said, I, said, I was raised in the project. He said, boy, you born in the project. I didn't remember being born in the projects. I remember being raised in another project. But before that project, I was in born, when I was born, I was in another project. But God takes somebody from a project, somebody from an uh, uneducated family, I, I, sometimes I talk, to, I talk to people and I realize, you know, the only college campus I had always been, had ever been on was the one I ended up going to school at. I knew no college-educated people. I had no connection with college-educated people. You, know, you need to understand this. My frame of reference, my context, my circles, I had no connection, even in the church. I'm the first college-educated college-educated person that came out of that church. There's several others now. I was the first one. I had no connection. And God had to use me and raise me up. He sets the poor on high from affliction and then makes their families like a flock. So God wants to raise you up and give you a different kind of family even than you were born in, than you came from. Come on now, not, not, not that you stop being, thinking that you're better than everybody, but God said, I got more for you than what you've seen. I got more for you than what you've just been exposed to. God wants to raise you up and give you a family that he will be godly proud of. Third reason God wants promotes marriage is for prosperity. Yes, I'm a prosperity preacher. I make no apology. He want a little prosperity, I sure am. Call me a prosperity preacher any day other than call me a poverty preacher. Poverty or prosperity, you choose. Poor or rich, you choose. Sick or healed, you choose. Because prosperity, 3 John 2, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul pro prosperity is whole life. When God says, I want things to go well with you, he's talking prosperity. I want things to go well with you in every area of your life. We, we know money alone don't matter. 
That's why the scripture says, what does it profit you if you, if you gain the world but lose your soul? So whole life prosperity is having it all together. Somebody say, I can have it all together. That means naturally and spiritually. Come on, somebody say, I got it going on. I got it going on. Come, you can have it going on naturally and you can have it going on spiritually and you don't have to make a choice. I know these songs sound real nice and much love to all the writers of them, but silver and gold, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I get it, but you don't have to choose. You can have Jesus and he'll give you some silver and gold. Married people do better economically than single people, okay? Now, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of understanding the value of marriage. And the goal here is not to make all y'all just run off and get married, but I want you to understand that God wants to bless you even through marriage. Now, not that he can't bless you single. Now, and I'm not saying you can't get a house when you're single. I, I tell go ahead and get your house and then get a bigger one when you get married. Two are better than one. And so what it's showing here, not only does God want you, your family to numerically increase, God wants to bring increase to and through your family. He doesn't just want you to, he wants to bring increase to you to and through your family. So I got to think about this when I looked at this. We lived in the projects. My aunt Dottie was, my aunt Dottie used to rent a house, a rent an apartment right over the Elks Club. I used to stay at the, I used to stay at the apartment because my, my mother was down there with the Elks. They were drinking two or three o'clock in the morning and I couldn't sleep anyway because they were partying downstairs, okay? But she lived in that apartment. We lived in the projects. And God, I got to think about something else. My mother used to leave that, leave there. We should leave there at two, 2 o'clock in the morning, messed up, messed up, and then drive home to the projects. I said, God, you, you, that's another time you were sparing my life. All those times my mother was drunk, was driving drunk. Okay? So you ever look back over your life and realize how, much, how long God been sparing you? And so, but my aunt, daddy, and my mother got together and they bought a house. In 1976, that's how we got out the project. Now, now there wasn't husbands involved, but there was a man involved. To me, uh, I don't know where he is now if you're living, but to me he was a fool because he helped my mother and my aunt daddy buy that house and his name wasn't on it. That house belongs to me today and he helped buy it. And he helped pay the mortgage for it. That's a fool to me, okay? For those of you who are in those kind of situations, he had no, there was no commitment, his name wasn't on, wasn't on anything, but it was through family resources being pulled, that's what I want you to see, okay? Through family resources, and some of y'all, you're always falling out with your families, mother's not talking to daughters, father's not talking to sons, not knowing who your family members are, okay? I, I have several family members, nieces and nephews, who when they got in crisis, guess who they call? They call me, I'm the rich uncle in the family. Somebody gotta be the rich uncle. Somebody got to be the rich aunt. Are y'all listening to me? The Lord told me years ago before I had anything, he said, I'm going to make you the Joseph of your family. And I said, praise and I knew what that meant. I mean, that he's going to use me the way he used Joseph to help people get out of tough situations and spare them and help them financially and economically and all that. And then I kept reading and I saw Joseph went to jail. I said, oh, Jesus, can we skip over that part? But God blesses you, he wants to increase you through your family. Jeremiah 29, I'm about to wrap this up at this point. Jeremiah 29 and 3, 29 and 6. It says, take wives and beget sons and daughters 
Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husband. What God's doing? He's encouraging marriage even when they're exiled. Why? So that you may bear sons and daughters. Here we go. That you may increase there and not diminish. It's the will of God for you to keep increasing. And he said, I want you to marry and let your, help, help your marriages to work. He said, because I want to bring increase into your life, not decrease. Remember, God is always trying to add and multiply, and the devil's always trying to, uh, the, the devil's always trying to subtract and divide from your life. So God intended, y'all, for wealth to be built, established, and perpetuated through families. Say it with me. Say, my family will build wealth, establish wealth, and perpetuate wealth. That's the will of God for your families. For you to build it, for you to establish it, and you to perpetuate it. That it go from generation to generation. That your family look back. My my children. I, I, I was watching something. My son, my son Tyler was uh, 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 was speaking at a community event. He's I mean, he, y'all pray for him, y'all. He can, he just mm, everybody pulling at him one one thing after after another. But he was at a community event last week, and my daughter-in-law she she she, she sent me a, a a video of him speaking at the event. And he's, uh, he's saying, my father came out the project, and his mother, you know, was raised in Forkin. And, and I texted him later, I said, what you telling my business for? <laughs> I said, be transparent about yourself. Listen to me. He said, I had to let them know I got a connection to their situation. But his connection to their situation wasn't his life. Y'all are hearing me here. His connection to that situation would tell him about his father's life. No, he said, I'm not that far removed. He's removed, but he ain't that far removed. God wants you to, to have a testimony that your children tell. Are y'all listening to me? Not that they're in the same situation. They come up, they get out because God used you and God used your marriage and God used your family to set a new income standard in your family. Are y'all listening to me? Come on, say me. See, my broke days are over. See, my poverty days are over. God wants you to be able to look back and say, we used to be poor. We used to be broke. God's, God wants to perpetuate wealth to, through, and even upon your children. Exodus 3.20, we all read this here, but you ever think about it? When they came out of Egypt, God told, he told all the women, I want you to borrow from the Egyptians, insist that they give you everything that that you ask them for all that stuff. Ask them for linen, ask them for jewelry. He said, and everyone that sojourned in her house, ask for jewels of silver, ask for jewels of gold, ask for raiment, which is clothing and materials. And what did he tell them to do? Keep reading. Keep, keep going. And you shall put them where? Put them on your sons. Put them on your daughters. And you're going to spoil the Egyptians. He said, I want you to get the wealth from them. Pass it on to your children. Y'all are hearing me here. I want you to get the wealth from the world system and pass it on to your children. I want you to get the wealth from where you came from and pass it on to your children. And we got to stop thinking one generation. Before you, ladies, before you sleep with somebody, men, before you sleep with somebody, think about your children. Is this going to make a good father for my children? Is this going to make a good mother to my children? Let's go deeper. Will this person be a good grandfather? Got to think long. Got to think wide. Psalms 112, 2 and 3. 
It says that the descendants of those who fear the Lord are going to be mighty in the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Look at this verse 3. Wealth and riches are going to be in his house. Wealth and riches are going to be in his house. Wealth and riches are going to be in your family. And his righteousness is going to endure. Come on, save me. Say, wealth and riches going to be in my house. Now, riches is how you're living today. Wealth is, how you, what, is what you're passing on. Let me say that again. Riches is how you're living today. And wealth is, wealth is what you pass on. Now, some of y'all, you look real good in here. You're wearing all your riches, but you don't have any wealth. You're wearing all your, you're driving your riches, but you don't have any wealth. Wealth is what's going to be left for somebody. Wealth is what, what can be passed on. And some of us will never be wealthy because we're too busy living rich. Wealth and rich, wealth and rich is supposed to be in your house. That scripture says, uh, Psalm, Psalm 115, 12 through 14, you'll hear me quote this over the years, the Lord is mindful of you. He wants to bless you. He's going to bless the house of Israel. He's going to bless the house of Aaron. He's going to bless the house of Bailey. He's going to bless the house of? Put your house in there. Read the word and put your house in there. Stop thinking God just blessed me because I'm a preacher. Most preachers are broke. That's why so many preachers run and scheme and game. Saying everything that God didn't say to receive offerings. I don't do that. I show you what the word says. I trust God for my money. My son sent, sent me something yesterday from his business. Show me how, how his business is doing well. His, is doing. He said, Dad, thank you for teaching me to trust God for my money. Listen, when you trust God for your money, you don't have to manipulate people. When you trust God for money, you don't have to come up with gimmick. You don't have to come up with scheme. The Lord has been mindful of us, and he will bless us. Somebody say, the Lord's going to bless me. Come on, stop compromising to do something that you don't want to do. Stop compromising to work someplace you don't want to work. Stop compromising to sleep with somebody you don't even like just because they're helping you with the rent. Stop compromising your body. Stop compromising your standing. And stand on the word. The Lord will bless me. Somebody shout, the Lord's going to bless me. The Lord, he's going to bless them. I fear him both small and great. That means if you got a lot or you got a little, God going to take you to another level. The Lord shall increase you more and more. You and who? You and your children. You and your children. We're not supposed to be one generationally blessed. God wants our families to work, our marriages to work. God, God wants us to continue to perpetuate righteous seed because he wants to keep blessing us. That's why David said in Psalm 37, 25, and 26, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. But he didn't just stop there. He said, nor his seed. Not only am I going to be blessed, my seed's going to be blessed. Nor his seed begging bread. Come on, say it with me. Say, there will be no beggars in my family. Say it again. There will be no beggars in my family. Some of you heard me say, we qualified for everything. We qualified for WIC. We, poor, we qualified for food stamps. And the reason why I didn't like WIC, I just, I was mad about WIC when they told me what it was. Women, infants, and children. What about me? I can't have none of this milk. Women, infants, and children. We qualify for all of that. 
And, I, and, and then my, my, my kids was on, I don't know what's it, I don't know, she was signing, I was uh, my kids were on reduced lunch. And then one day I had to sign, I said, our kids ain't getting no reduced lunch. My pastor mom said, they already on it. I said, well, what are we getting off it? No, I'm serious. I said, I got to trust God. I got to, God, 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 either he's a liar or he's a truth teller. Either his word works or he's a liar. And I said, I'm going to stand on God's word and believe I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That means me. Somebody shout, I am the righteous. Oh, glory to God. Let me wrap this up, y'all. And though you can be productive singularly and individually single people, you can be far more productive and prosperous with the right help. Not just say help, with the right help, with the assistance of a long life partner, a spouse, a husband or a wife. But y'all help ain't help unless the help you need. Some of y'all married because you want a wedding more than you want a husband. Some of you married because you want a wedding more than you want a wife. Come on, this can't be about a wedding. It got to be about a life. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash RDCITV. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. 